Welcome to the FCBC NYC podcast. We're so thankful that you decided to join us in this moment and in this season in your life. Our prayer is that this podcast will be a catalyst for conversion and transformation and that you will be inspired and renewed in such a tremendous way that your desire will be to be your best for God. Again, thank you for listening, and we're excited to see what is next in your life. We are an ever-evolving community of visionaries, dreamers, and doers who have been called by God to live the lives that we were created to live, commanded by God to love beyond the limits of our prejudices, and commissioned by God to serve. Called to live, commanded to love, and commissioned to serve. And in a time such as this, Those words, live, love, serve, mean so much. So I pray that in your life that you are enacting the power of living, that you are enacting the power of serving and loving. And so we want to make sure that you are doing that. Live, love, and serve, FCBC family. So this morning I'm going to preach about a very prominent verse, a very popular text um, in the Bible, and that's Psalm 23. Now, I'm not going to do the whole text today, but I'm going to focus in on one in particular. And there was a reason that I chose that particular text. It was personal, but it was also emblematic of this time and of this moment. So wherever you are, you could open up your Bible. You can stand up. We'll get ready to say. So Psalm 23, verse 4. Amen. Psalm 23, verse 4. See, if you were in the building, I'd say if you have it, let me know if you have it. If not, tell me to take your time, but it's one verse, so hopefully you have it right now. Amen. And the text this morning, it reads, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. I'm going to read that one more time. And if you can, if you are, if you can, actually, if you want to close your eyes while I read this text, something that um, I did while I was reading it, it was advice that was given to me, Pastor Mike, and it helped to visualize the power of this text and the moment of this text and the situation of this text. So with your eyes closed, I want you to visualize this moment. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Amen. Let us pray this morning. Dear God, we thank you for continuing to be our source. God, we thank you for this moment, this time, God, where your words are being spoken, God, your words are being planted on fertile ground. God, move through me in this moment. Speak through me in this moment. Allow your word to cause transformation, to cause healing in this moment, God. We thank you, O Lord. We thank you that you continue, even in this season, even in this moment, even this time, to speak, God, speak new words, speak new life, speak new power in each one of us. So let your words, let these words, God, that you have implanted inside of me be put out in fertile ground. We love you. And it's in your precious name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen, FCPC. Now, I'll be honest. You know, Psalm 23 is 
a verse that I often go to, but it's often a verse that I've not necessarily struggled with, but it, it, it's, it's a verse that contains so much power. And so in focusing on this one particular verse within the entire chapter of Psalm 23, there were a couple things that I recognized that I thought were important to kind of situate in sort of the context of this sermon. So there are a couple things that I'd noticed, and I want to kind of point them out to you, and I want you to be thinking about them as I'm sort of kind of speaking. Now, when I look at this text and I look at, you know, David or the potential, you know, authorship of this text, I realize and I see that this is an affirmative statement and or disposition that David is making in this moment. Right? David is making an affirmative statement and or disposition about his about a particular belief. And not only is David making an affirmative statement, but David is also signifying something with this particular statement in this moment. I had a chance to preach uh, or teach a couple months back about how to build resilience. And one of the things that I spoke about in that class, for those of you guys that were able to participate, was that there are two to three markers of existence, right? One is that bad things happen and suffering occurs. And the second is everything changes. And when I read this text, I, I see that. I see that David recognizes that, that sometimes we are going to experience challenges, sometimes that we are going to experience sacrifices, and the willingness and the ability to say, yet though I walk, there's a belief and a knowing that oftentimes there will be valleys that we encounter, valleys that we have to walk through, valleys that we have to experience, be changed by, and that everything in our life changes. And there will be season and ebbs and flows in that. And the third thing that I recognized was that, I mean, David was making a very high and aspirational statement. I mean, how many of us in our lives are able to say with confidence and boldness, yet though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, some other texts say the darkest valley, right? The darkest valley. There's a confidence and a high aspirational statement that says, I will fear no evil. And what I realized is that many of us, when we read this text, we are also in many ways aspiring to make an, an aspirational statement like David about our faith in these moments. Because David is showing, showcasing resilience. David is showcasing his resilience in this moment to make a statement like this. Yet though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear nor evil. And I thought to myself, well, what are the natural responses to fear in life? Right, because the human response that David could have said was something very different. And our natural responses for fear are these three things, and you've probably you guys have heard of them many of times, which is fight, flight, or freeze. You see, that would have been the natural response for David. That would have been, and I, you know, I'd be curious to see how that would have been sort of, sort of restructured in this sentence, but that would have been the natural way for David to respond. But David in this moment is choosing a supernatural response, a spiritually mature response. 
that says, yet though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why is David able to make a statement like this? Why is David not leaning into the human response of this moment? Well, you have to look back at David's life. You have to look back at the experiences that David has had in his journey, defeating Goliath, being chosen by God as the anointed one, having to flee danger and death, decisions that David have, has made that had dire consequences to his reality and to his experiences. And yet still, David was able to walk with an assurance because of David's life experiences, because of David, because of what David had seen and what David had lived through. And when I think about this particular sort of the text of Psalms, this moment is emblematic, or the, the, the text in itself, Psalms shows that it shows the despairs, but also the hope of life. In the text, you see the struggle that David is having. Throughout the, the entire book of Psalms, you see that, that struggle that David is experiencing. But what David is recognizing is that the feelings that David has had cannot dictate his disposition. They cannot dictate David's disposition. But I asked myself this question. I said, but what do you do when your valley season becomes the lens for which you experience God and the movements of life? What do you do when those valley seasons become the lens for which you begin to analyze and you come to conclusions about who God is and you come to conclusions about your life and the way that life moves and the ebbs and flows of it? What happens when the valley season shapes your lens? Or if you want to ask it a different way, what do you do when the valley season shapes your disposition about life? And the reason why these are valley moments is because they do, they threaten our needs. You see, we have different needs. We have a need for satisfaction. We have a need for safety. We have a need for connection. And when all of these things are not being met because we're in the valley, it puts us in a place of despair. When we experience these valley moments that threaten our well-being, it changes our disposition about life. Or matter of fact, it can change your disposition about life. And yet, when you find yourself in that valley, sometimes it's the valley that is shaping your perception and your lens, and now it can be skewed about your belief. Your belief about whether or not you can overcome this valley or whether or not you can see past this valley or whether or not this valley will be a permanent position for you. 
Rick Hansen shares in his book about resilience that our thoughts and our experiences create what he calls neural networks and they become a mental pathway for which we experience our feelings and our emotions. He goes on to say that brain structure and function are highly malleable and are almost constantly changing throughout our lives. He calls this neuroplasticity. The ability of our brain to change and adapt as a result of thoughts and actions and experiences. So as I read that, I thought, well, there are two things that can happen. Our brains can change and lean into the negative experiences of life when we find ourselves in that valley or when we find ourselves entering a valley or exiting a valley. Or those experiences can change our brains in a way that allows us to adapt to a maneuver to make the statement that David said, yet though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. David did not allow his circumstances, his negative experiences, or perceived negative experiences, or perceived challenges, or perceived trials and tribulations, as an opportunity to lean into the negativity bias of life. But rather, David was able to make a statement with boldness and affirmation. And for many of us this year, year and a half, right, has felt like a valley season. We've experienced loss, so many different types of loss the loss of loved ones, the loss of job, the loss of relationships and connection, all of the things that are important to us when our needs are not being met in this valley. And not only have we been experiencing sort of the, the impacts of this pandemic, the continuous trauma of this pandemic, but we're also seeing and having to witness black death whether it's through racism or whether it's through this pandemic or police brutality, there have been many moments in this valley season where we have experienced levels of trauma, levels of pain and levels of anguish. And so how do we get to the place where David is to be able to make the response that David made? The affirmative statement that says, Yet, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Such a powerful and bold statement. There's a reason why I keep repeating it over and over again. It's something that I need for you and for all of us to get to a place where we believe and where we are able to receive that statement and also in the same way as David Make it with such affirmation and with such power and such belief. But what happens, though, is the opposite. For some of us, we lean into the more of the, the human response, right? And what happens is in these valley seasons, or when you come out of a valley season, is that rather than having that experience shape 
you in such a way that you've developed a sense of resilience, sometimes it can create a trauma response. Rick Hansen called that our reactive mode. That's the red zone. But we don't want to respond in our reactive mode. We want to respond like David. And the type of response that David had, I'm going to use a clinical term, is a responsive mode, which comes from our inner well of resources and our body. Naturally, through those resources that we've had the opportunity to build up, fuels and repairs itself. And rather than speaking from a place of depletion and rather than speaking from a place of anguish and tiredness and anxiety and trauma, you're speaking from a place of peace and contentment and love. That's what you hear in the statement that's being made in verse 4. You hear a sense of peace. Peace about what's to come. Peace about what David is getting ready to experience. And yet also contentment about this situation. Being content with the fact that there was this valley in front of David. That there was this valley that was that he that he was getting ready to walk this 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 this, this transition moment in David's life. But for David, David was able to speak from a place of a responsive mode. Because David had pulled that place of peace. He had pulled from that place of peace and from his inner well. And from his inner well was his ability to reflect on the power of God's presence in his life. From that inner well, David was able to reflect on the power and the, on the presence, on the, I'm sorry, on the power of God's presence in his life. That's what David was able to do from that inner well. And if you look at the text, it's never the move or the actual acts of God that initially provide David with a confidence and reassurance, but rather the presence of God. It was God's presence that David recognized would be with him when he walked through the valley that gave him the reassurance and the ability to know, yet, yet though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Sometimes our trauma and our experiences in the valley or our experiences in past valleys make it so we become blinded to the former presence of God. Our memories become no longer memories. We no longer are able to, to pull from a place that allows us to know and believe that the power of God and the presence of God will be with us when we get ready to enter into valley seasons but rather we were respond with a reactive mode. The reactive mode is depleting. 
The reactive mode doesn't allow for us to lean into our memory bank. Our reactive mode doesn't allow us to lean into what we know about God, what we've seen about God, what we've experienced about God, what we've lived through. And so this morning, I want to ask if there are some who have found themselves while being in this valley season, had their vision blurred by the trauma of this valley, so they're not able to pull from the memory bank of what God has done for them. And not even what God has done for them, but God but how God has been present. Because it was never the move of God. It was never what God did, but with the simple fact that God was there. That was the assurance that David needed about getting ready to walk into that valley. That confidence that the presence of God wouldn't necessarily stop evil from happening, but that David would be, that David would never be alone. That David would never be alone. And there are a couple things that, from the text that we can glean that God's presence provides. It provides rest, right? When you think about a rod and a staff, Those are tools that are used by shepherds. And once before, David was a shepherd. So it makes sense that in many ways that this would be the terminology that David would lean into. The identity and the role of seeing God as shepherd. And in that role, the role of a shepherd protects his sheep. Guides the sheep. Provides rest via the staff. And so this this moment of the scripture when, when David references the rod and the staff, what he's really showing is that the presence of God, of how the presence of God can show up. That it can show up in places of comfort. That it can show up when God is seeking to guide us that it can show up when God gives us moments and opportunities of rest. But what we have to do is we have to do the work of building up our inner well of resilience that allows for us to come from a place of a responsive mode that acknowledges and is able to acknowledge the power and the presence of God. And sometimes we let our trauma of the valley dismantle our confidence in the power and the presence of God. And ultimately, all it does is deplete our bodies. It depletes our bodies. It provides us with anguish and anxiety. But when you come from a place of a responsive mode, when you're doing the work of building up that inner well, from which you can pull from, that inner well that a, which, that inner well that lies 
or that allows for that bank, that memory bank, sort of to come up, and that the reflections that we have over time, so we have memories and reflections, and our inner well allows for those memories and those reflections when we find our play, or we find ourselves in those valley seasons, when we find ourselves navigating those valley seasons, we're able to pull from that place that says, I have peace because God has brought me through this before. I have peace because God will be with me in this new season again. And a lot of the times, we don't even want to allow ourselves to believe that we could overcome these valleys because the mountaintops or the mountains that surround the valleys provide us the sense of feeling or insecurities or the fear that we're never going to reach the mountaintop. That fear of disappointment stops us from allowing our inner well of resilience to pull the memories of God and the reflections of God that we've experienced and know. But we have to lean into that memory. We have to lean into that assurance of the presence of God. And rather than seeing those mountaintop moments as opportunities for disappointment, to use those as symbol, sim, moments of symbol, to symbolize triumph and hope. Triumph and hope. I wonder if you see those mountaintop moments as triumph and hope. Have you allowed these valley season moments to shape your disposition about who God is? Have you found yourself coming from a place of a reactive mode that says, I'm depleted? How in this moment, in this season, are you building up your inner well of resilience that allows for you to be confident, to be at peace, to make this statement that says, yet though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Where are you storing these memories, FCBC? And how are you nourishing those memories? What work is being done in your life that allows for these memories to have living water? That allows these memories to, to breathe hope into you? How can we allow these memories to give us a sense of assurance and peace to know that the presence of God will be with us, that the presence of God is powerful enough to shape and shift our experiences? It's not the experience that shapes our dispositions, but it's the memories of God the reassurance of knowing what God has done. And some of the things that we can be doing is allowing ourselves to be still. To be still and to experience moments of joy. Our inner well of resilience 
is something that we pull from when we find ourselves in valley seasons. And so if we're doing the work to allow that well to be filled with joy, with reflection, with meditation, but also leaning into that power, that power that says, I've been through this before. And I'm going to get through it again. I'm going to get through it again because the power and the presence of God is within me. The power and the presence of God is within me. Amen, FCBC family. I hope that this morning that you've found an opportunity to reflect. To reflect on whether or not this valley season has shaped your disposition about life has shaped your disposition about God? Or have you allowed this valley season moment to be nourished by your former memories? Your memories of what God has done. Your memories of how God has shown up. But leaning into that presence of God that says, yet though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, my responsive mode will say peace. My responsive mode will say content. My responsive mode will say, God, I trust. God, I believe. God, I'm assured. God, I'm confident. Because I'm pulling from that place of inner, that inner well of resilience. So I pray this morning, FCBC family, that when you find yourself Recognizing that life experiences are shaping your disposition. That you'll begin to lean into the memories. Find yourself still to experience the power and lean into the presence of God. Leaning into the presence of God. Amen. Let us pray. God, we thank you for this opportunity where we can navigate life. This moment, God, where your words can be implanted inside of us, to be reminded that it's not about your acts, but it's about your presence, oh God. That your presence signifies your power. Remind someone this morning, oh God, that they are not to fear this valley season, that they are not to fear valley seasons to come, God, because you are with them. It is your power and your presence, oh God, that allows for them to be assured and confident. So reassure someone today, oh God. Let them pull from their memories. Let them nourish the memories of your presence in their life that gives them the confidence to say, yet though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. 
Amen. Thank you for listening to the FCBC NYC podcast. We hope that what you heard was informative and inspiring and in some way created a space for you to have a creative encounter with God. You can follow us on social media and on the internet at fcbcnyc.org. Please follow and also contribute. If you've been blessed by what you heard, support us financially that we may continue to offer these podcasts. Thank you again, and we look forward to you tuning back in in the future.